thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the Old Republic. Before the dark times, before faking Star Wars Radio. That's right, it's another fantastic episode of Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. Well, we have a wonderful surprise for you today. With us in the studio in Topeka, Kansas, all the way from Loose Cannon, is Chris. We also have Vegan the Hut and T. Brontor, and we are going to be discussing Star Wars as art. Is it art or is it just pop schlock? And we are going to get into some of the new properties that have yet to hit the screen. So don't go anywhere. This is going to be a great episode. Well, you know, Faker Nation, um, we at Faking Star Wars, you probably are aware, have a wide network of associates and uh, collaborators that we've worked with over the decades that we've been faking you out. And one of our favorites uh, is Loose Cannon, who run a fantastic, we like to call them a sister podcast. Uh, it could be brother podcast or androgynous, transgender podcast. Uh, pick your pronoun. But uh, producer Chris is with us today. Um, after a long time, we've been trying to get you into the studio to record an episode with us. We are so glad you're here, producer Chris. So tell us, how did this collaboration come about? Well, ever since you broke into my house to poison me, I had to get revenge, and this is the first part of my plan. And I'm actually the villain of this podcast, which is why I'm revealing my plan. To Excellent. You. Are you going to put us in some kind of elaborate, um, you know, death trap that we will have 15 minutes to get out of and have exactly what we need to break out of it as well? You're you're more of a minor villain on my radar, so I'm not sure if I'm going to. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean uh, no. <laughs> that, that's my role usually. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I I'm, I'm kind of new to being the villain. I, I do. I, so I am appreciating the pointers here. I'm actually taking notes. Well, at least you have the mustache to, to go with the villainous uh, character. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, you have to build that persona and the look. It's not just what you do. People true. often see me as a villain because I'm vegan. So I'm like super judgy, you know, Wait, you are, <laughs> you're vegan I am now. <laughs> I was going to ask you, vegan, as a hut, I mean, you sort of double villain there, right? Vegan and then hut. But but could you actually grow a villain mustache as a hut? Or do do huts have to shave? Do they have facial hair? Um, I don't know how making how being a hut is, is a villain, but okay, thanks for that. <laughs> just, you know, just like throw my family name in the dirt, why don't you? But um, no, um, as a prerequisite, you have to be able to to grow a mustache as a vegan and make sure that you look like a hipster. A hipster doofus? Kind of like this producer over here. You know, I kind of... Are you vegan? (laughs) Yeah, um, kind of the opposite, actually. (laughs) I don't really eat anything other than meat. Okay, so you you are a villain then, okay. There's where you so, get your uh, surly good looks, I guess, huh, Chris? Well, that's that kind of goes into my other kind of persona. Uh, for a while, uh, before I was producer Chris, I was Hot Boy Chris, because I, I have a face for I have a face for podcasts. Wow. Oh. So if you hear that out there, ladies, uh, are you are you currently available and looking for Star Wars fans to um, enrapture with your beauty? He's looking for a muse. I'm crickets. Yeah, he, he he's got like a, you know like a. a an an application process for muses right now that he's uh, that he's trying out. I mean, how do you feel about of... this uh, T Brontour? I mean, you, normally you're typically known as the most handsome uh, voice of faking Star Wars, but I think you know Chris is giving you a little bit of a run for your money. How are you going to respond to that today? I'm just going to add fancy titles in front of my name. I think that'll 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 help me. <laughs> I will be um, elite uh, squad leader T from now on. Assistant to the vice producer. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Well, uh, this is going to be an interesting episode. I I have to uh, get a little bit of backstory. I was watching a YouTube video, and and the guy was talking about art and, you know, what makes for great art. And I know this has been debated uh, by many uh, people over the years, going back to the Greeks and the Romans and philosophers uh, the world over across the galaxy. One of the things he said was that good art has to be surprising and at the same time, inevitable, 
right? It has to have that feeling of, of course it has to be like this. Um, and also it surprises you and really rouses your interest. And it got me thinking about Star Wars because I've been watching Star Wars my whole life. Uh, everyone knows that I wrote the scripts to the original nine Skywalker saga films, who, of course, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that's uh, uh, something I contributed to. But I never really considered whether Star Wars fits into the canon, the larger canon of great art like the Mona Lisa, um, you know, some works by Donatello, Michelangelo, um, whatever. So that's our question today. And so I just want to go around first and get your perspective on Star Wars as great art to give you about a minute. Um, so why don't we start with our guests today? Uh, producer Hot Boy Chris, um, what do you think about Star Wars great art or pop schlock? I think it's great art, definitely. I, I think that my definition of great art is, can it make me feel something? So does it evoke emotions? Does it evoke thoughts, uh, wonderment, um, imagination? It accomplishes all of those things. And I think there are two main components that really bring, that I think that are the most primary amount, like, and that is visual and I would say visual and like music musically those are the two areas that i look at star and not even just musically i mean you look at all the sound effects that are probably created just by lucasfilm uh, but i think those two elements are like the greatest aspects of star wars art and just for me like if you just look if any of the big opening scenes of like the death star or a star destroyer like the first time you see a star destroyer on screen like how are you not just completely wowed by that hmm hmm Good answer. Well, um, this has been a great episode, and uh, thanks for coming in, guys. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the the fact that Star Wars can make you feel something. Now, I mean, the last time that uh, Vegan the Hut gave me one of his vegan cheese toasties, I also felt something in my butt, but I don't think I would have called that sandwich great art. Uh, what about you, Vegan? Aside from your uh, your delectable delights that you make in the kitchen that are very artistic, what do you think about Star Wars? Great art or pop schlock? It's Definitely not great art. It, it, okay. Unless you think like your iPhone is great art. The, the, the films are just technology in motion. Okay. And bad technology sometimes even. I mean, they have these, they have the technology to, uh, you know, fly into warp space, but they don't have the same technology to, uh, beam themselves onto planets like some other, you know, galaxy trekkers out there. You know what I'm saying? Nerd shows. Um, so I think it's just a a poor uh, a, a poor look at uh, technology. Of course, there are some artistic uh, points to it, but um, I'm gonna be a little bit of a of a jerkwad right now and and say it's it's not great art. There are artistic uh points in it but i wouldn't call it great art so it's like a vegan pizza it's a stuff that's been sprinkled with a little bit of you know artistic bacon bits or something like that yeah ma like grossly manufactured kind of compressed together into nine films um and now they're trying to you know sprinkle on the the television shows Interesting, uh, interesting. Disney, you, know. you seem such like a warm-hearted individual I and affirming of things in general. I expected you to, you know, come forward. So I'm I'm really intrigued to get a little bit more into your arguments here um, and hear more what you have to say. But let's take it over Why to Why are you tea. always trying to argue with me? <laughs> it's, it's because if I don't, I know that I'll have to join your mission. And, and I don't want to do that because the last time I followed a hut, I ended up you know, trapped inside of a Sarlacc pit. It was very gooey and slimy, and I don't want to go through that again, so. You probably deserved it. <laughs> probably. Very likely. And I know Teeb would agree with you. So what do you think, Teeb? Pop schlock? Great art? Somewhere in between. Well, first I want to know what you consider pop schlock. That's a good question. What is pop schlock? I would define it as something that has, you know, is ephemeral and is just designed to, you know, make some bucks. It's like it's like there's pay no attention to the man behind the corner, right? Behind the curtain. It's it's something that is made by a corporation for the sake of making money that is, you know, a bunch of shiny moving pictures that attract your interest, you know, like a like a rat to a shiny ball or something like that. Um, and it doesn't have that deeper, maybe transcendent 
uh, inevitableness, I guess. So you said it should be surprising and inevitable, right? That was what you said? I mean, that's what got me started on this, yeah. So for me, that would have to be the first three movies, and then everything else has become pop schlock. Everything else is just, uh, as you were saying, it's just the sprinkles. It's Disney-fied garbage, right? I, I, I didn't used to be like that, but as I've gotten more into the Star Wars community and everything that's transpired with that, I'm really starting to wake up to the fact that, yes, I was really excited to see all this new Star Wars stuff, but it stopped being art to me after the prequels. And the prequels were you know a bit of a stretch but there was some really good cinematography and there was actual um you know thought into making it uh art you know to to making it something artistic if you want to call it that but to me art is uh like our our guest was saying art should evoke some kind of response from you some kind of emotion from you and honestly i've been kind of forcing all my emotions ever since disney bought you know the soul of george lucas so you're saying that Disney has kind of schlocked it up and left you constipated, as it were, um, you know, trying to produce any kind of response to the films. I guess that makes sense. It's given me an emotional hemorrhoid. <laughs> That's yeah, what we, I'm saying. We do have a cure for that, you know. It's like Jawaroids, you know, just a little in the morning. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Take care of everything. I'm not going to roll a Jawa on my butt, okay? I don't know what you're into. I know he's a hut, so... Yeah. <laughs> no. Not happening. Uh, you know, Storm Duper had recently a birthday. And one of the things that Mrs. Duper always gets tired of hearing me complain about is, oh, I never get anything good. You know, it's always the same old, same old, uh, you know, pizza, coupons, stuff like that. But this year, Mrs. Duper went out on a limb and ordered me the Perfect Package 3.0 from Manscaped.com. She'd heard about it on uh, the Internet. You've probably seen their ads. And this product has really changed my grooming game for good. Uh, You know, Manscaped is forever changing. Changing the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. Don't be the hairiest Jedi in the resistance. This is a shaver for down there like you've never used before. The Lawnmower 3.0 is a waterproof and skin safe trimmer that will reduce nicks to your two best friends. It is an absolutely fantastic shaver, a quality, quality product, and really easy to use. They even include instructions to help you out. One of the most powerful forces in the galaxy is your lightsaber, so keep yours clean with the Lawnmower 3.0. They also include the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Trust me, guys, it is an incredible product. You will not look back once you give it a try. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not? Down there in the smelliest part of your body. For on-the-go freshness, you can also use their wonderful crop reviver ball toner spray it's all included in the perfect package 3.0 and if you act now using our code fsw radio that's all in caps you'll get 20 percent off free shipping with the code fsw radio at manscaped.com that's right get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code fsw radio at manscaped.com that's free shipping from manscaped.com and a 20 percent discount with the code fsw radio all in caps May the force be with your balls. All right. Well, what would you say, um, Chris, is, you know, you mentioned the movie uh, visuals and the music. Um, can you think of a particular scene or aspect of one of the original Skywalker saga films that is, you know, quintessentially artistic to you? Yeah, I, I think there's, oh man, I wish I could think of the score, um, but I think it's the slower moments. Mm-hmm. It's the ones when, that you don't get anymore as often. Well, you do sometimes, I won't say that. Like like the Senate? Like how riveting those scenes are? Is that what you're talking about? Like when they're all uh, standing around in the Senate and you can hear <laughs> the, uh, the murmurs? No, I'm thinking of like the moments where, where you can tell Luke is look, looking longingly into the abyss, you know. I thought you were going like, to say longingly Dude. into the eyes of his sister. <laughs> <laughs> She's pretty hot. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, it's those types of moments, though, like when things kind of slow down and you are just giving given some time to breathe. And I think that's what I'm talking about. The original trilogy that the new trilogy, the sequels 
and probably the prequels to an extent, they just don't capture at all. Because it's like everyone, one thing we know that we can say consistently about George Lucas, all of his movies are very fast, 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 fast. Keep the action moving, 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 moving. He probably would have done that if it hadn't been for people in his orbit that told him, hey, George, we need to, you know, we need to do something with emotions here. We need to do stuff with character. And George would be like, uh, eh. So I think those things were just like contrived, you know, they were just, they were just, George didn't know what the hell to write. He just said, okay, um, look over there, look at the suns. Cause you don't know what else to do. And I, I'm not really sure either. So, but we need to cut to a different scene. I, I don't think it was, I don't think it was any, anything to do with art. Vegan, you know, that old Hollywood maxim, you know, like you know, when you're, you hit writer's block in the script, it's like, when in doubt, let's have an octogenarian aunt and uncle barbecue on your front porch, right? <laughs> As is tradition. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's, that's, you know, you always got to have that. For me, for me, the, the two most powerful scenes are the very end of Empire Strikes Back, the music, the 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 fact that it ends on a on a down like it, you know i've said this a hundred times but it's like dunkirk it's like the only thing their only victory was survival right and then the scene where uh palpatine is telling anakin about uh darth plagueis that whole the the music in that the dirge and like the fact that they're at an opera and you're sitting there almost like in the booth with them and he's basically telling you about what's you know he's foreshadowing everything that's that's about to happen and he's essentially confessing to the kid i'm sith but he's he's in denial he doesn't want to believe that he's uh the sith so all these things are going on and there's a lot of subcontext going on in this scene but it's just a really great scene to me i don't know i just i just always have enjoyed that one and that was a prequel yeah i'm with you i've the i think the um revenge of the sith is is probably one of the best Star Wars movies, and it's it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's it's got a lot of flaws. It's quite cheesy, but uh, it 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 just like nails what the prequels had in mind better than the previous two. Yeah. Well, again, though, like I like I with the Phantom Menace, he had to be a little kid, I guess. Make, showing him as a little kid gave us that empathy that we wouldn't have had if he was just that whiny brat teenager. If we never had Phantom Menace and we just had those other two movies, we just hate him. Right, like he wouldn't be sympathetic at all um, as a character. So I, f- I felt like they definitely had to show that. And then the second movie, they could have just made that a series. They could have just made that the Clone Wars, right? They, they didn't have to do any of that. And then I agree, Revenge of the Sith was. But for me, it's always been since I was a little kid. Since I first saw Star Wars in the theater, when I, I saw Darth Vader survive, I remember going, yes, like he didn't die, right? And I always want to know what made him like he was and then when you find out more about him and you find out that he's luke's dad now you're like wait a minute everything obi-wan said about his dad he was a great jedi and he was all this and he was a great friend and anything and then he betrayed all the and so now you're like well what made him do that so revenge of the sith answers all those questions and it did it in a really good way in my opinion see that's just politics though it goes back to back to being just schlop you know it's like it's just politics and people getting pissed off and you know, it's people standing up for what they believe in, and he stood up for what he believed in. He didn't want it. He didn't want these little brat kids running around this Jedi temple. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, just doing whatever they wanted. It's like the uh, Mister Mister Wilson on Dennis the Menace or something. You know, <laughs> hey, Mister Jedi. <laughs> No, I have it on good authority that that kid at the end, he's like, Mr. Skywalker, he was going to invent social media in the Star Wars universe, so he had to die. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) That makes sense. That makes sense. He's a hero. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars has always tried, you know, they've they've had the ring theory of Star Wars, which I think is is, is schlock in itself, Um, a a very stupid attempt to draw, you know, drive some meaning out of what is obviously was a chaotic development of the films. Um, But I... I think this idea of like the yin and the yang, right? The black and the white. Um, that's something that was so compelling. I thought about the original Star Wars saga and very artistic. You have the clearly delineated villains and heroes, right? That's classic art um, narrative. And then 
you know, things got messy in the beginning uh, of the prequels and they just got worse in the sequel trilogy where it's just like, you know, people are changing up sides. People aren't even on teams. Um, things just went nuts. And I think that's probably another thing, you know, vegans kind of saying about people just doing whatever they want. That's maybe why the sequel trilogies are not as compelling. However, in my opinion, one of the most artistic parts of the entire nanology is in, uh, and I'm probably going to get roasted, uh, you know, barbecued for saying this, but I think that's a scene in the final climax of The Last Jedi, Episode 8, when um, Admiral Holdo's ship flies through Snoke's ship, and you have the three story arcs. Now, now say what you will about the physics of that. That's not art, right? That's a sci-fi. But the actual image of that ship splitting in two, while the lightsaber splits in two, while the stormtrooper gets ready to cut the heads off of Finn and Rose Tico, all at the same time, right? The, the structure uh, and the dramatic tension in that scene is second to none. There, there, there is maybe one other uh, scene like that, and that's in A New Hope when the Death Star blows up. So, so for me, there were moments of artistic uh, development in, this, in the sequels. They just, it's like they were left you hanging, you know? It was like when you think T. Bronter is going to be a friend to you and be a nice, kind gentleman, he just reels you in and then leaves you there hanging with blue balls for the rest of the night. That is my brand. But <laughs> I, have a, I have something I just thought about. Who is when we think about great art in Star Wars, who immediately comes to mind if you know anything about the expanded universe? Sheev. Thrawn. Thrawn. Right? Yeah, probably Thrawn, Thrawn is all about studying people's art so he can understand their culture and then use it against them, right? To understand his enemy and everything. So it would be interesting if we if we could get Thrawn on, that would be great. I don't know if we can get him on. Uh I have his I know, he's personal like running away from Ahsoka right now. Cell, he's yeah, cowardly, hiding from her. Get him on the transmitter, I guess. I don't know. I think we should uh, look into that. I think he might be, uh, you know, amenable to that. If we if we can tell him at the end of the episode, we'll give him some great art uh, from a culture that he isn't that familiar with. We can probably get him on. We can we can have Vegan the Hut eat eat a ton of food and just get distended and then do like a Jackson Pollock puke painting or something for him to like look over or something like that. Is that what you have in mind? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. Well, why ever not? <laughs> I never want to think about that. <laughs> I was hoping nobody would bring up Jackson Pollock, right? Because it felt like low hanging fruit to me. It's like. <laughs> what do you think, Chris? Are you are you of the opinion that uh, you know, do you agree with Mr. T. Brontor on that or not about Thrawn? Oh, yeah. Thrawn would be a, a great person to talk to. I just wouldn't want to get involved. I, I, I wouldn't want him to know that I exist, to be honest. I would rather keep myself anonymous from that man. It's a good idea. Yeah, his eyes alone could give me the friggin' creeps, that's for sure. <laughs> but I wanted to get, I wanted He's to hit back guy. on a point yes. about, um, about what makes good art and how we can look at Star Wars in the in the realm in the in the and I guess the um, the view of art mm -hmm. like with George Lucas you look at him as a creator he's very good at some things and very bad at other things so you can judge him based on the things that he's not good at and therefore say he's not a good artist but would we do that for any other artist I like, do that all the time <laughs> like I mean, I'm sure you're a director. You're supposed to be multifaceted as, you know, but I mean, Vincent Van Gogh, would you be like, well, he wasn't a great singer. He's not a good artist. I would do that <laughs> just to irritate people on Twitter, probably, you know, just to troll people who, you know, like him. So, yeah. It's so like, what is George? I mean, what do we think George was known for, like specifically in your guys' mind and like his most arti artistic qualities? I think his ability to create characters that you that are archetypes that you I mean, instantly identify with or root for or root against, you know, he galvanizes that. And, and he's been held, you know, criticized for that as well. But to me, that is what makes a good saga because you instantly know, boom, boom, good guy, bad guy, whatever. And, you know, know who to root for. I mean, look at the great characters, you know, that are in, in the stories you got, Bib Fortuna, you've got Greedo, you know, you got um, Dead, Dead, uh, a 
Jar Jar Binks. Not dead, sadly. We don't know. We don't know. You know, all these characters, I mean, they're great characters. They bring a lot of life to the films. Without them, what would the films be? I, Better. You know? I think he did a great job of bringing characters to the film who step in the poopy, and to me, that is the definition of great art. So, yeah, that is the contradiction of George, right? He has these amazing films like THX and, uh, to some extent, even like American Graffiti is a very artistic film. Uh, I would say with regard to Star Wars, it's it's tone for me that, that chiefly captures the artistic elements of Star Wars. There's some kind of tone that's not comedy, that's not sci-fi, that's not just fantasy, um, that's not just a Western. It's that quintessential, ineffable, really hard to put your finger on, inevitable thing that is the tone of Star Wars that for me really is the most artistic thing that George Lucas came up with. The most artistic thing he came up with is hiring John Williams. Oh yeah, because he—that's what makes it art. Could you imagine if <laughs> if it had like terrible soundtrack? It, it we we would have had one movie. It would have just been Star Wars, and it would have been a, a cheesy B movie that nobody talked about. Which is exactly what they thought it was going to be. But John Williams came along and went, "Check this out." I'm going to elevate this. Instead of the fanfare at the beginning, it's like Whitney Houston or Celine Dion going, it's Star Wars, Star oh Wars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people have been running up from the theater screaming in terror. <laughs> I heard that um, in the original cut, before they hired John, they were um, they had all the actors come together and, and do what they thought. For specific scenes, you know, if it was... Um, you know, uh, Luke, um, you know, getting the lightsaber and, 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 you know, trying it out for the first time and, and really looking into the, into the sunsets, you know, um, they had, a they had Mark Hamill with a kazoo and they just said, go for it, go for whatever you feel is the correct music for this. And, uh, you know, sadly, they nixed it, but I'm sure those those eight tracks are around somewhere. He'll be pawning them off soon. I'm going to go to Toshi Station and pick up some car converters. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, Vegan? I mean, you, you seem to be pretty negative on this idea of Star Wars being artistic, but as far as George Lucas goes, what would you say is his artistic contribution? Or as the French would say, contribution to Star Wars. Well, I mean, one of my favorite, I guess you would say, artistic scenes is when um, almost every one of the duels, I mean, they they always have the, the flashing, you know, uh, lightsabers flashing around. And I'm a big fan of an artist uh, named Dan Flavin. He is, he's a, he's a minimalist artist. And he uses uh, a lot of like halogen light bulbs, like colored halogen long tube light bulbs, and he'll For stack them in different purpose? ways. <laughs> I'm afraid where this is going too. Yeah, it sounds no, like some I mean, TikTok thing. He went into some hole in TikTok and he found some flavin guy. No, no, flapping no. flavin. Uh, so I mean, he, you know, and he stacks it different ways. Some of it's just uh, white lights. It's kind of, I mean, it's minimalist art, but. It, it, a lot of his art reminds me of. Uh, are you snoring? Yes. <laughs> You're killing me. A lot of his art is minimalist, and uh, uh, I really like it. But um, you know, the flashing lights uh, that reflect on on the faces of the actors as they're uh, concentrating um, in the duels. Uh, I like those parts. Uh, they're they're simple. They're they're minimal, but I really like them. I mean, I'm pulling up here a little bit of Dan Flavin's artwork, and, and Vegan, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but this is literally, like, just a fence, you know? Like, it's a fence. It's a light fence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like somebody took a bunch of lightsabers and lined them up in different ways and, and yeah, called yeah. it art. I'm failing yeah. to see how somebody who prefers this to art doesn't think that Star Wars is artistic, because this is the definition of schlock. <laughs> I mean, you want to you want to talk about real art? We can talk about TikTok for a little bit. Like, oh, please, please, let's talk about TikTok. Do you remember the account name? Yeah, right. 
for 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 those who weren't here last time, Chris uh, Vegan had this great plan to record a TikTok video and couldn't even give out our TikTok over the air to our listeners. So, <laughs> um, I take back everything I've said before. Now that I've seen this, I don't think Star Wars is real art. <laughs> yeah, check this out, Dan Flavin. You will not be the same. Wow. Well, I feel bad now because he's dead. So I'm sorry. <laughs> so that's the definition of art. You have to be dead. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Gosh, Think once about you it. once you die, you become a great artist. Wow. Yeah, it's art one hundred and one. Yeah, uh, apparently. Scary. What's wrong with you? I mean, I'm not saying that this couldn't have been a cool background in like a movie or something, but as itself, it's literally just a couple of tubes of neon like light on the floor. Oh, if it's so easy, why don't you do it? I I, I think I'm onto something. Uh, going back to the definition of art, I think scarcity is also a big component of it. And that's the problem, right? With Disney taking over, yet you, you don't have that scarcity factor anymore with Star Wars. It used to be if you wanted to like see anything Star Wars, you know, I I tell my kid all the time, you don't know how spoiled you are. You just don't understand. I had a little, you know, 3 by 5 index card that I got and I was in a Star Wars fan club and I, you know, got like four things in 8 years, you know what I mean? And and I was happy for it. Now, it's all over the place. They literally have bobbleheads, right? They have bobbleheads. Star Wars. It's it's like the Black Death. You know, at first it just killed a few nobles, priests, and doctors. But now even the villains have it, and they're dropping like flies. You get it. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Even the bad people got uh, Black Death eventually. That's when everything changed, you know. So, so what about this new these new products that are these new shows? Sorry, they are products too. But uh, for example, like the Bad Batch coming out very soon. In my mind, this is. T- I mean, I haven't even seen it yet, but it's going to be total schlock, total art schlock. It's for the kids, though. This one actually is for the kids. You know, you hear that all the time. But this one, this one is is geared towards kids. Like the Clone Wars stuff is. It's supposed to be like war serials, right? Like the old. Uh, combat but it's more like packaged for kids which is what the clone wars was but i i think i'm actually excited for it because the whole thing that bored me with the clone wars is the clones i'm sorry they're boring they're all the same person the only way to distinguish them is to put paint on their helmets or give them scars or whatever these or guys a mustache. actually have yeah or there you go evil mustache <laughs> Uh, so no they don't even can't they can't even grow mustaches that's the cool the bad batch those guys can they can grow a beard I mean, you know, they can they can actually use, maybe use some of our our manscape, uh, you know, our 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 advertisers products. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, they can go. Bald. I'm not watching that show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean they're gonna do. I mean, you know, off off camera. You, you, I'm looking at a couple of them right now. There's probably a couple of them that would use that. But anyway, they they have character. They have personality. Again, they're they're distinguishable at the very least. They got personality. What do you think, Chris? Bad Batch art. Schlock. <laughs> well, it's schlock, but it could be good schlock. I mean, I enjoy a lot of schlock. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Who? I mean, who's to say art is subjective, right? No, it's I mean, not. who's to say that? I disagree. That one man's schlock is not another man's art. One like, man's Sith is another Star man's is Jedi. Is this great art, and I'm look. I'm over here with Dan Flavin. You know. This great artist. Uh, that's not art. <laughs> I think you have to look at the... Well, for me, I'm thinking about those high moments, not the lows. <laughs> you know, the Star Wars has had low points. It's not, it's not this contained franchise anymore of just a couple of movies. It's so much bigger than that. So there's so much of it that is, I agree, is not art or is, not, or is just schlock. There's not as much quality control as there used to be. Well, I mean, think about the novelization of some of these, you know, characters and stories and stuff. It's like uh, we did a Duel of the Fakes a while back where they talked about Boba Fett's cousin, Melvin. (laughs) Melvin Fett, and he thought he was going to a cotton candy planet. What, What was that? Duper? Yeah, yeah. He was going to a planet made of cotton candy, and this was canon for a while. Absolutely. Canon. Yep, Melvin Diabetic Fed. The... 
That, that was the Christmas special? No, this is part of some no. early comic book uh, narrative, I guess. Um, or maybe it was a novel. It, it's a novel. It was a, it was a novel, I think. What some, drugs is that guy on that wrote that? I mean, honestly, I Melvin Fett? Melvin? The Melvins, yeah. He was he was a ruthless bounty hunter. Isn't that a isn't that like a thing like like giving someone like a wedgie? Yeah, like wedgie. Melvin That's a wedgie. Someone? A front is it a front wedgie? Is a Melvin? I don't know. It was from Bill and Ted's, uh, you know, death one, the one with death, not right. the third one, which is terrible. The third, the second one. Oh, that is great art. We wanted to. Okay, never mind. Let's, Bill let's, and let's Ted. Stay on topic. Bill stay on Ted, target. Face the music. Stay on target. Um, what about, what about other elements of, of some of these new shows coming forward? You know, like, um, for example, the Cassian Andor series, which we've heard recently is going to have Ewan McGregor in it as well. Is it just art by default then? Because Obi-Wan is going to be in it. Cause he's sexy. Is that what you're trying to say? Sexy as Fortuna, man. Like absolutely sexy as a hut you mean check out those uh, biceps on big ben <laughs> uh, i wonder if you mean old ben kenobi yeah no I, I no i don't think that um that i would consider it art by default i mean it, you know just because you have a great character you know pairing up with a a a less great character. I don't think he's even a great character in my opinion. I am not excited about the Cassian Andor show. I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's cool to watch, uh, is it supposed to be like spy kind of thriller kind of show or double yeah, O seven? It's not like a John le Carre novel. Cause that guy is boring, boring, boring. He's the most boring writer and overrated spy novelist. I know he was a spy, so he has the cred, but yeah, I, the thing with the, the thing with Cassian Andor when I first saw him, he 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 kills a guy because he was a weak link in the resistance. He flat out kills yeah. a guy just for being weak. Who does that? A Sith. A big butthead Ooh. does that, Teeb. <laughs> a big butthead. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? Do you think that uh, the Cassian Andor uh, show is art by default because they have Mr. Ben Kenobi? No, that's not enough of a reason. <laughs> It to me, it's just the marvelization of Star Wars. Exactly, marvelization of Star Wars. And you mean marvelization I mean, I... in the corporate sense, not in the ecstatic sense, like Werner Herzog. The marvelization of Star Wars has reached an epistemic peak of existence and ontology. Not, not in that way. I, right? I think he's referring way. to like how the Marvel universe has, you know, expanded over the years. Is that what you mean? Exactly. It's like taking the evolution of comic books to what the movies became. And the ultimate, the penultimate formula is the MCU. And that's the best execution of that. And that probably will be the best ever. I don't know if anyone will be able to top it. That's the problem. So many people are trying to chase that, right? They're trying to chase the, the MCU formula and they, they suck at it. Yeah. They, it, it... And so far failing wildly, right? The Paramount, is it the monster series with um, Kong and, uh, uh, Godzilla, uh, Godzilla, and all that. Like that's supposed to be a cinematic universe, and there's like literally two movies, and they can't even agree what what timeline they're on. It's like <laughs> that's you, a problem. You, you gotta literally have the literally. simplest job to connect to, to connect your universe. <laughs> two movies. The 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 Put only the other simpler year. task can't is that in it. the same can't movie, there's no contradiction. <laughs> Well, okay, so like, okay, that's what I'd like to know. So obviously, Kat, the Andor series is gonna have to happen before the Death Star. It's gonna have to happen what after um, Revenge of the Sith. So it'll be between Revenge of the Sith and um, A New Hope, right? Or or Rogue One, I mean. So unless we're gonna get like the whole Caspian Andor, you know, as a little kid, I don't need to see that. I'm sorry, I, I don't need to. I know I said that with the Phantom Menace, but that was a, a major character. Caspian Andor is not bringing butts to the seats, okay? He's just not, babe. It's not going to happen. Um, one funny thing about that is uh, George's circle of trust, which he didn't listen to during the prequels, said to him, do not make a child the focus of the film. Really? Yeah. They gave him that. that was, there was advice given to him. That said, do not make the, a child the focus of the movie. You will regret it. And he didn't listen. Hmm. Hmm. So he made Jar Jar Binks the focus instead. So I think he did listen. 
Well, I guess he only did that for the Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Take Jar Jar Binks out of the Phantom Menace, and what do you have? You have nothing. There's no no, um, alliance between the Naboo and the Gungans. The Naboo gets slaughtered. The Gungans eventually get slaughtered. The Empire wins. It's not a movie. Padme gets slaughtered? I don't even want to think about that. (laughs) It's sad enough that she died of sadness, you know? Right. Don't get me started. Perpetual sadness. Perpetual. Yeah. Were you gonna say something else, Chris, or oh, is it about the um, the the inner circle of advisees? Uh, it was before that. Yeah. I just want. I thought of this funny analogy uh, to like the MCU and why other movies have failed, and do we think Star Wars can do it? So here's what I'm gonna make my analogy on. If you are a gamer, you know that games are built on engines. The engines are like the set of tools you have to make the game. It without a good engine, you don't have a good game unless you have a very, very talented group of people. Um, so anyone that makes a video game like without an engine, you're basically making it from completely scratch, and it's one of the most difficult things you could possibly imagine because it's never been done before. But if you look like a company like Ubisoft, how many games do they put out per year or annually that are very successful, very well done, not very buggy? They're all different games, but they're all built on what? The same engine. So do you have a great engine? And with the MCU, you can get you can argue they had a good one. They had the same people kind of involved, right? They had this engine, they had this, the they had the writers, they had the guys at the top, they were all on board. They applied the same kind of formula to all these other movies and, and people ate it up. So you're sort of likening that engine to like maybe some of the more classic uh, painters like their workshop. Right. I mean, like Da Vinci, um, uh, Donatello, Michelangelo, uh, Van Gogh, even to some stop extent, naming, I think, stop naming turtles. created their art not as individual artists. Right. But as like the leader of a workshop movement of art that had, you know, beliefs and, and articles that they would write and share with each other. And um, I'm, I'm told that they would uh, sometimes even massage each other's backs when they uh, were tired and exhausted from from painting all day long. So uh, it seems like maybe the problem in Star Wars is there's just not enough uh, semi-erotic massages to go around at the end of the creative work day. Well, not anymore. They got rid of Carano. She probably get great massages. <laughs> strong hands. Big strong hands. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She can handle my tail. But but to Chris's point though. <laughs> okay, uh, that's wait wait. Are we just gonna let that that we're just gonna let that dive? Like the image of Cara <laughs> Dune like squeezing and massaging Vegan the Hut's tail up proboscis like it's a a meaty salami and like you know a big just roll of play doh. You got to do an ASMR of that vegan like. Get like our buddy who uh, we we interviewed uh, um, Tom. We're gonna have him on do who did this claymation stuff. He can do a claymation of Carano massaging your tail. <laughs> I can already hear it, and it it's it's disturbing. Just in my head already, it's disturbing. I don't even want to think about that. I think that should be our first OnlyFans video. I apologize for bringing that into the creation of the. <laughs> I, I apologize to the entire universe, the Star Wars fan base and everybody for even suggesting anything so like that. maybe maybe it's maybe that's why um i really like <laughs> go, going back to uh producer chris's uh analogy that he used there uh maybe that's why i like the cyberpunk uh game you know it's very glitchy um sometimes the characters are missing arms you know they're kind of there's like a banana coming out of their zipper you know <laughs> just kind of like where did that come from free um, banana man art, you know <laughs> you know that that's art when you have um you know something that should be but it you know subverts your ex- expectations you know what i'm saying that's a surprising element absolutely i i exactly. don't know what you're talking about you confused the hell out of me well, I apologize. I think the moment in in Mandalorian when you come across the egg first season at the end, and it's like, of course, it's baby Yoda, and like nobody expected that, right? But of course, it's baby Yoda. Like it, it made so much beautiful sense to have that. So they have 
in the midst of you know, creating this schlocky universe, they have had some great moments to look forward to. And so what about this Obi-Wan show that they've had so long uh, in production? Oh, I mean, it seems like we've been hearing about God. this for 10 freaking years. Finally, they're shooting, I guess. Is this going to be what we're what we're hoping for? I mean, is it possible to live up to our expectations? This, this could be bigger than Game of Thrones, in my opinion, in terms of how epic it can be. But, it'll be like WandaVision. I don't think it'll be like Game of Thrones. I think it'll be like like uh, what producer Chris was saying. It it's got its engine. It has an engine now, right? It it Star Wars does have an engine now. The Disney Star Wars engine exists, like for better or for worse. And I think that the the Obi One, depending on how they release it, and if it's on, obviously it's on Disney Plus, it's going to be released uh, piecemeal, not all at once like Netflix does. And that I think builds a lot of the um, the art if you want to call it that because it's surprising and it is uh inevitable as well because uh you're going to be looking forward to seeing it and being surprised and like what you're saying like with the baby yoda it seemed to make it made so much sense but it was also incredibly surprising so now there's an expectation with that engine with with the the star wars disney engine to have that just like they do with with WandaVision, they have to constantly try to blow your mind. So what are they going to do in the Obi-Wan that's going to blow our minds? I know. <laughs> They're going to tie in. <laughs> They're going to bring Yaddle to the story, okay? Oh it's going to tie in just like just like WandaVision ties in everything. Oh, no. They're going to bring in Yaddle. <laughs> you hurt us all. You hurt. H-U-R-T. You hurt us all with that comment. I mean, think about it. It makes sense. I don't want to. She would be like I, grifting or something, you know, making like <laughs> hemp necklaces or something for people. <laughs> well, it, what I heard is that oh Obi-Wan and Yaddle, they're like a dynamic duo. <laughs> kind of like Wadnavision. <laughs> and, um, you know, the, the whole story is uh, at least the first season is Obi-Wan, you know, he's kind of like hidden away and he ne- <laughs> <laughs> can't even get it out. He can't even get it out. <laughs> Do we want what? him to get it out at this point? Or is it I, Now I need him to. Now it's like, you know, it's like a dangler. It's like you got to shake it. It's we like, should ask, on, uh, ask our Twitter followers what it's what it's going to be and then release next he episode. Needs co- he needs a companion on those oh, lonely no. nights and on... on- <laughs> Tatooine. Wait, are you about to tell me that that's how <laughs> Grogu is born? And <laughs> I'm not going to tell you anything because I don't want to spoil anything. Yaddle becomes oh, Obi-Wan's you know. massage therapist to <laughs> happy endings of <on> Tatooine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> massage with a happy ending of... of- Oh my God! Does Yaddle have the force? Mm, Master Kenobi. Not mm, to be a little higher pitch, right? Mm, Master Kenobi. Mm, relaxation you require. Yes. Mm. <laughs> what is wrong with us? <laughs> I'm sorry. This is this uh, is the art here. This is, is like, it's inevitable. It's into? inevitable that Yaddle somehow works her way in in some. St- steamy sex scene that will blow everyone's mind in the Obi-Wan series. Oh, mm, I kind of wish my ears. <laughs> that was kind of Kermit, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, no. Now we need oh. everybody to do their best Yaddle, right? Oh, oh gosh. God. Does Yaddle have the Force, though? Oh, yeah, I think she does. I sure. mean, she was a Jedi Master on the Council. Unless she was just there for her massage skills. <laughs> yeah, maybe she. Did you see the little massage chair? Did she bring like a little massage chair with her? Because I never saw her do anything. She just looked really uncomfortable and weird and gross and ugly. You, you never knew what what Jedi Force Reiki massage could do. <laughs> Force right. Reiki massage. So so let's leave Obi Wan uh, for for now. I mean, I am excited to see Ewan McGregor's biceps at his pinnacle peak of bicep ness. The most bicep biceps that ever bicepped in the Star Wars galaxy. Um, what other ones? You know, what about this film? Because it's really the only film, Rangers of the New Republic. Uh, to me, this looks more like Top Gun schlock than art. I'm gonna gonna go first to Teeb. Do you mean Rogue Squad? Do you mean Rogue Squadron? No, isn't it called? Uh, 
Rogue Squad, no, Rebel, a Rogue, yeah, Rogue Squadron, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Rangers of yeah, the Rebels, New Republic is a show. Rogue Squadron yeah. is the film uh, directed by, um, what's her face? Um, Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins, yes. Patty Jenkins. What else did she do, Teeb? Uh, didn't she do Hurt Locker? You're right. Wonder Woman? Yes, yes, Wonder Woman. So I know Wonder you're a big Woman. military guy. What do you think? Art or schlock? Military schlock. Well, Top Gun was designed to get people to join the Navy. So what is the goal of this? To get people to join the Rogue Squadron? And if the Rogues are rebels, isn't that... She's tr- basically she's basically trying to support insurrectionists at this point. She's trying to create sedition. Canceled. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think. I think she's trying to get everybody all fired up about resisting and rebelling against the government. What we need right now is unity, so I'm not sure if it's really appropriate to be having a rogue squadron. Mm. Maybe we can work on the name. It's triggering me. Unity squadron? Unity squadron. I like, I like that. that. Unity yeah, rainbow yeah. squadron would be better. Uh, you know. <laughs> ah, rainbow squadron. That's the best. Yeah. Hmm. And then well, yeah, the and then the the pilots can have a uh, uh, you know they can use uh, Top Gun as their um, you know as their inspiration and they can have like a battle of like um, I don't know what games you play in Star Wars like they can have a very homoerotic game of of hollow chess uh, like they do in <laughs> Top Gun with their their little shorts you know they can Pat Jenkins can, can zoom in some very you know st- uh, very sexy man uh, moving his piece the sweat dripping off his brow. I can't wait for it. That's the only movie that ever made Anthony Edwards look sexy, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Top Gun. No, I'm really excited about it. When I found out that her dad was like a fighter pilot, I was excited about that because it means that she's going to put so much pressure on herself. If it's not great, we're never going to see it. Yeah. I'm telling you that right now. Now, Wonder Woman 84 was garbage. It was like a steaming hot pile of horse poop. It was. Poodoo. It was terrible. It was enough. It was enough Bantha Pudu that that Jar Jar himself would not have been able to step in all of it. I loved it. I yeah. don't know. I you loved would. it. It's because you got mush in your brain from eating all that non-meat. You need to eat some meat, son, and then you'll know why it was terrible. <laughs> hey, just because I'm in touch with my feminine side, you know, maybe you should try eating some more soy. Soy? What is soy? Um, it's the fecal matter of the soy plant. <laughs> oh my God. You want me to eat bean poop is what you're saying. You want me to eat plant poop? I mean, I'll tell you what, you, I don't want to take any soy away from you. You need all of it that you can get, buddy. So, you know. Hey, uh, I, I didn't grow these breasts by not eating soy. Okay? But do they lactate? Do they lactate blue milk or green milk or any it's milk a at secret. all? That is a secret. And I told you to never talk about that well, in public. Mark Hamill DM'd me, and he wanted to know. And and has Yaddle massaged them? Only when I had mastitis. Right. Oh god. After Cara Dune, right? It's like he was comparing notes. Like who's gonna? Uh, ah, never mind. I don't even want to. Ah, never mind. <laughs> Teeb, you're giving me that icky feeling again. And and when that happens, it's time to call uh, Mama Duper in to give me some relaxation meditation mantras. So. Uh, what else? You know, uh, Rogue Squadron, a um, couple other shows here coming in uh, in the next year or two. Anybody else excited for anything that they think really has the potential to be an artistic, just ball breaker of a film or of a show? That Japanese one. I think Japanese. that's going to be... The anime one? Yeah, or the I think that'll one? be actual art. I think you can actually call that art in the very basic definition of art. Yeah, that's coming in 2021, Visions anime, right? Which is not going to be a plot, just little short films, basically. I really hope they show food in those. Because anime food always looks amazing. Nobody's with me on this. You don't even eat food. You eat what food eats. So what do you know about food? I I, I don't understand where you're going with this. You want to see hey. pictures of food you'll never be able to eat? <laughs> I mean, if they do this like spirited Space away and, and stick in that kind of vein of anime or like um, uh, Ponyo, yeah, or something like that, it'll be it'll be amazing. I, I think it'll be amazing. I'm still pissed at you because you had me convinced it was gonna be NC17. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Chris? You up for this one? Uh, Star Wars visions, an artistic. I don't care. Throw into the anime world. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, it's hard to get excited about something being artistic when it's being presented in a shareholders meeting before the fans. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I love Star Wars, but I, I, I'm, in, I'm in an await and see mode with this stuff. I don't want to. Are you saying that doesn't reek of integrity? <laughs> I think what it did was it, it let Disney shareholders know that things are going to be okay because look at this slate of content we have for you. We're going to have Disney Plus ready and we're going to have people, we're going to have butts and seats, guys. <laughs> don't you worry. Um, I hope it's good. I, wa- I would love to watch it. I would love to watch anything that's good in Star Wars. Like the holiday special. Mm. Which one? Remember that? They're both the, the original. Mm. The uh, the uh, Lego one was excellent. I thought uh, du- Duper didn't really care for it, but but it was also schlock. I liked it. That was not art. Come on, the the tip 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 yip. How is that? How is that not art? How colorful? There is a rule in the Artistic How? Academy of the Galaxy that you are not allowed to use the word tip tip more than three times in five minutes, and they use it like sixteen. Tip-yip. Tip, yep. So it tip, didn't yep, matter. Tip, yep. They were disqualified for breaking that rule just on its own. But they made up the, uh, you know, uh, they remixed Jingle Bells with um, uh, Mooly Ra, Mooly Ra. <laughs> Sounds like art. Whatever. Song. At least nobody had any drinks poured in their head. I mean, I was waiting for that. Uh, right. Was, uh, <laughs> Interesting, interesting. You know, I know this has been a fairly artistic episode, so we did need some stupid schlock just to balance everything. And if you go to bit.ly slash FSW Madness, Faking Star Wars is participating in the madness of the season with our own tournament of champions of Star Wars characters. Everybody from Salacious Crumb to Wilrow Hood, Cara Dune, Cloud, uh, Watto, Bib Fortuna, Borgullet. Borgullet will know the answer to this tournament. Um, and so you can go and you can vote on the winners and we'll get updates uh, You know, as this goes along. Uh, 64, I believe, different characters. It might be 32. Uh, Vegan, who is your horse in this race to win it all of the tournament here of champions? FSW Madness. I'm- well, l- let me just formally say on the podcast that I am extremely disappointed that I'm not in the list. <laughs> You're not canon. We talk. You shut your filthy <laughs> mouth. Okay. We you- talked a lot about Yaddle tonight, and I have a deep love for Yaddle, but um, I'm, I don't know. I'm really rooting for Cardoon. All right, Cara Dune. So that's my pick. She's not going to massage you, you perv. Hey, hey, you never know. Hey, you don't know the things that, are, that I've accomplished by being a simp, okay? I had Jen Markham on the show. <laughs> that's right. This is true. On TikTok. This is true. This is true. I, I take it back. I take it back. Uh, yeah, for me, I'm going, uh, oh, it was so hard between Babu Frick and Claude, and I see they're, they're already head-to-head. So. I got to go with Baba Frick. One of them's you know, going to bite Frick the dust in the first round. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes the big boys go out early. Cloud and Babu Freak. Hmm. Hey, hey! <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow! Basketball is ready! <laughs> I think Babu Freak would be an awesome point guard, you know? He would just... Is it a he? I guess it's a he, right? <laughs> He would just be in and out between everyone's legs, like dribbling the ball and just like he'd pass it over to to Vegan who would like dunk on Claude in this big flabtastic jamboree of uh, amazing basketball skill. Got to watch out for my footwork. That's right. Uh, right, team? You don't have feet. <laughs> it's in your head. It's like a, like what are those, uh, an uh, imaginary limb or whatever. You, you mm. got phantom limbs. Yeah, phantom menace limbs. That's what you got. You ain't got no feet. Who do you like? Who do you like, producer Hot Boy Chris in this tournament? FSW Madness. I like Jake Skywalker. He seems like a pretty decent guy. Yeah. Jake Skywalker for the win against Snap Wexley in the first round. Snap Wexley? Heavily favored, though, uh, I think, against Jake Skywalker. So you're going with the uh, going against the odds makers. Jake there. has – he uh, drinks a lot of protein, so I'm, I'm definitely going to have to go with a good diet. Right. 
Very cool. And it's not any surprise that I am picking Will Rowe Hood for the win, ladies and gentlemen, with the ice cream maker. Uh, I think he's an easy pick over DJ uh, in the first round, and I think he'll definitely have no trouble mopping up the court uh, with the winner of the Jar Jar Binks Salacious Crumb match, putting him into the semifinals. So uh, Will Rowe's got the calisthenics. He's been running around Bespin Cloud City in a circle with that cloud maker since uh you know um a basic year like how do they do star wars years like uh after the Minus battle of five. yeah of yavin like he's been doing it for <laughs> you know 50 years so uh he's got the he's got these skills and agility to make it happen i'm really surprised i i thought you would for sure pick Bib Fortuna. <laughs> Fat Fortuna. You know, in his younger years, yes. But since he went off the uh, performance-enhancing drugs that Jabba furnished him with, I don't I don't like his chances, even against Yaddle. So. But check it out. That's at uh, bit.ly slash fswmadness. We're still in round one, and you have some time to vote. Uh, you know, probably after this, this episode comes out, uh, we'll be on round two. So don't lose the chance to participate. And you can go to your local gambling site and also uh, maybe pick up a couple of space bucks on this as well. Really? That's cool. Absolutely. Um, I, do see there's, sports. Uh, I do see there's a lot of people that have already voted too, so... Yeah, there, there more people have voted on this than have ever listened to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So Yay. a billion. Right, basically, yeah, it's six billion. <laughs> so, um, Chris, for, for our fans out there who haven't heard Loose Cannon, who don't know who you are, uh, where can they get at you? Where can they follow you? Uh, where can they, uh, you know, go into an art gallery with you and look at a beautiful painting? Yeah, we can help you paint a picture on at Star Wars LC on Twitter. And our podcast is Star Wars Loose Cannon. We are kind of like the stuff you should know of Star Wars or the Seinfeld of Star Wars, whichever one you prefer. It's sort of a show about nothing, uh, but we definitely have a lot of fun. So come check us out. We're on all t- every podcast platform pretty much, but Spotify for sure. Do you have a release schedule during the pandemic or kind of come what may? We come and go, um, you know, kind of like the Tatooine Suns, but we'll be, we'll, we'll definitely uh, try to be consistent. <laughs> great, great. I love your- Do you uh, still do the YouTube channel? You oh yeah, live we YouTube, actually stream uh, just about every episode as well on YouTube and Twitch and Periscope. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Periscope's still a thing? I Great. Have no idea. Well, unfortunately, Chris, uh, you know, thank you for being here. It's been a delight, a long time coming, but sadly that... It- Unfortunately, yeah, that's what you just said. Here. Unfortunately, yeah. thanks. For Unfortunately, being here. we're Unfortunately out of time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess both of us. You know. <laughs> um, but we really enjoyed having you on. Um, and I just like to remind our listeners uh, to go to manscape.com to get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code FSW Radio, all in caps. Uh, we have that promotion going still with Manscaped. Um, go ahead and tell the listeners, Teeb, where they can find us well they they can follow faking star wars on twitter and instagram at at faking star wars and on facebook at real faking star wars if you want to submit a question for us on twitter use the hashtag fsw radio and we may and we have a big sale going now also on our t-shirt store where you can get uh t-shirts and other great gear at bit.ly slash fsw merch and get on there soon so you can get some great deals also, follow me on Twitter. Hey, snap a picture of you in your Faking Star Wars t-shirt, and I'll post it to my uh, Twitter profile. At StormDuper is my Twitter. And you can follow me at VeganTheHut, and you can send me pictures of your favorite Dan Flavin. <laughs> art. Uh, uh, yeah, and you can follow me at Tbrontor, that's T-E-E-B-R-O-N-T-R, and follow FSW Radio on Twitter and Instagram as well. If you, what am I saying, if you, when you like what you hear and need desperately to support us, uh, get on our Patreon, that's patreon.com slash fakingstarwars, and you can sign up to be one of our wonderful patrons. You support us financially so that we can keep making this art schlock that you love. You'll get a great reward even for joining for the Parsley amount of a buck a month that is $12 a year that is $144 every 12 years it's nothing you said parsley parsley amount paltry paltry amount I think you meant to say paltry maybe poultry I don't know like 
Tip yip? Are you thinking about tip yip? I'm a bit tongue-tied. Poultry, partly part, the portly paltry parsley amount of a dollar a month. That's 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 really good. I think that's a really good uh really good uh, deal. So you can also join uh, fake Jedi deal. Padawan Stephen Howard or Rick Swift, the media Craddocks, Darth Taxis, and Keith Harmon, who support us at the fake Jedi Knight level on Patreon. Shout outs to them. Have you written us a review yet? If not, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes, Podchaser, or your pod... Your plodly, cardly, parsley, plodly, poultry platform of poultry, poltergeist uh, of choice. If you do it... (laughs) If you do it, um, it helps us, you know, come up with... And also when they search search for poultry. (laughs) If you write us a funny review, we might actually read it on an upcoming episode. You never know. One more thing before we go. We want to invite you to join the FSW Discord server. It's a free online chat full of fakers discussing Star Wars, other nerdy topics, and even playing some games. The link is HTTP... <laughs> Wait. The link yeah. is... Don't do my bit. bit. Do your yeah, bit. Don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got caught up in that. Right? Do it backwards. Oh, no, I got caught up in that. <laughs> do, it in, do it in binary. <laughs> Hexadecimal. <laughs> Wait, what kind of games do you play? Do you play any homoerotic hollow chess? I mean, you like that artistic Dan Flavin crap. That'd be something he would do. It'd be like <laughs> release an article in hexadecimal. The link is bit.ly FSW forward slash FSW Discord and make sure FSW <laughs> is all in caps. Again, that's bit.ly forward slash FSW. The next edition. Money's worth with you, buddy. The next edition of Chewbacca's Poetry <laughs> Hour is going to be Chewbacca narrating a poetry sonnet in hexadecimal. <laughs> a one two A X Z R one one three. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> as always, stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net for quality. Very much quality uh, Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. Thanks to you and all of our amazing followers for listening. And may the foe be with you. See you next time.